Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from Clyde Hill Publishing, partner and publisher for founders, innovators, thinkers, and tinkerers. Clyde Hill works with non-traditional authors to help bring their ideas and lessons to life. To learn more about Clyde Hill's services and books, like their newest title, Facing Death, Finding Dignity, Hope, and Healing at the End, visit ClydeHillPublishing.com or Clyde Hill Pub on Twitter. A quick note from Katie. This episode was recorded at the bottom of the Spanish steps in the heart of Rome. But as a result, it's a little windy. So please overlook that. Thanks. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. So I am sitting in Piazza di Spagna at the foot of the Spanish Steps with longtime listener and a few times guest, Lynn Fortunato. Hi, everyone. So how is this happening? You probably have heard us mention Lynn before. Lynn is Katie's San Francisco friend who was our first our listener and then became a friend of the show. And she's American. How, what in the world is she doing in Rome? How is she even here? Well, let's find out. So first of all, because actually, even though we've been hanging out for the past three hours doing a Caravaggio tour, we haven't really talked that much about your trip. So how long have you been in Italy? I got to Italy at the end of September. Italy was doing really great with the yeah. virus. And I went to Bologna and I was there for two months. Got to Rome about a week and a half ago. How is it that you were able to even be here? Well, I have Italian citizenship through my grandparents. I've had it for a long time, like 20 years. So I had an Italian passport, so that's how I was able to do it. I was working remotely in San Francisco since March and spending a lot of money in rent. And my um, apartment lease was up for renewal and they weren't gonna let me go month to month. They were, wanted me to sign another year, which is incredibly expensive. And then we had the fires in San Francisco, and it was very smoky. And so I thought, I can work from anywhere. And I've been trying to learn Italian. Um, so I did a lot of research on how to do this as safely as I could. And, uh, and then I came here in September and did a two-week quarantine. Wow. So let me ask you this. When did you get this idea? I started planning at the beginning of August. I did it in a month. Wow, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fast. You know, it's just me, so I could mobilize quickly. But then again, it's just me, so I had to do everything on my own. Um, so I put everything in storage, thinking I was going back to San Francisco. But I was in Italy. I was in Bologna, just fresh out of quarantine for a couple of days, and my company downsized, and I lost my job. So now my stuff is back there, and I will have to go back. But now I have a lot of flexibility. I, I can stay here. Wow, so it's kind of blessing in disguise, maybe, maybe? 
with the job. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It had become rather unpleasant, so it's fine. But, you know, it was a salary, and it, it really shook me up a little bit. Well, I can imagine it would to anyone. Um, what was it like flying? Should people be worried, or is it, is it not a big deal? Well, I think that's individual. And so, yeah, I did a lot of research into this first. And there was a study right before I left, actually. MIT did a study about the likelihood of catching COVID or giving it on a plane. And it was like one in 40, 400 if on a two-hour flight. And if they kept the middle seat empty, it was like one in 77. Now, of course, I was on the plane a lot longer than two hours. But I felt, you know, I did a lot of research which airline would block a middle seat. And I only selected those. You know, my experience flying, it was the easiest thing I did this whole trip. Wow. It was the smoothest thing. Um, You know, I was one of very few people in my cabin, so it wasn't just a middle seat. I had rows to myself. People were sleeping, like, in that full middle row. I mean, I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen a plane like that. So that was really, really organized. Honestly, you know, and the flight attendants are super conscientious, so... You know, for me, that was a good experience, but you know, I was very, very careful, you know, and I did a lot of research and I, I don't think it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. What was it like in the airport itself? Depends on the airport. San Francisco was great. JFK, a little worse, a little more crowded, but they were really on it. I mean, if they saw a line, I was in a line at Delta and they saw it and they moved to disperse it and they brought in agents so we wouldn't be in line. That's good to know. That's very good to know. So how did you, if you were quarantined, how long did you quarantine? Two weeks, and it's really strict in Italy. You do not leave. You do not even take out the trash when you get here. So how do you get food? Um, So I had a a rental apartment, and I arranged for the management company to stock it before I got there. I picked my items, and they stocked it. And then from then on, I did delivery service. Uh, I talked to Gabriella a few months ago, recent expat who moved to Rome, about her time quarantining. I'm curious, were, did you ever feel lonely when you were quarantining? You know, I was too distracted to feel lonely. I was um, doing these Italian lessons, which were really intense. I was working. Um, I was trying to adjust. I don't think I felt that lonely. Now, if it had gone past two weeks... I mean, maybe, maybe it's a nice buffer zone because, I mean, Gabriella said the same thing. She was like, no, it was kind of nice. Maybe it's like every expat should give themselves two weeks <laughs> to just chill out in their own apartment and yeah. not have to deal with the outside world before they start. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, because the amount of work I had to do to get here, you know, I had to put all my, my stuff in storage. I had to move. So you're exhausted. Yeah. So it was a nice buffer. Now, like two weeks is plenty. You, you can't go past that because yeah. you start to get a little cuckoo. You know, when I exercised in the apartment, I did that. So it was a good buffer zone. I would do less next time. I wouldn't do all those Italian lessons. Mm-hmm. Who took out your trash? I put it in front of the door and I just told the management company when it was there and they would come and get it. Sounds kind of nice. <laughs> I kind of want this life. When you were in Bologna, what were you doing? I mean, <laughs> because the museum, were the museums open? I mean, were tourist attractions open? When did, I mean, I guess I know when it all went down was what, October? Yeah, so everything was open when I got there. Bologna was a yellow zone. In Italy, we're separated into zones. Yellow is the least restrictive. So we were yellow for a long time. And then recently it turned orange where they shut the restaurants. But museums were open when I got there. 
churches are open. Everything was open. Now, you came to Rome. Was that planned or did you just kind of decide to come? It was totally unplanned. By that time, we needed to have a reason to travel. And so I came to Rome because I want to ultimately be in Umbria. But wait, 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 sorry to interrupt you. What was the reason that you gave? I gave the reason, which is actually got some truth to it, that um, I will have to fly home out of Fiumicino eventually. And so that's a valid reason for travel. Okay, cool. So I gave that um, because there are checkpoints in some of the train stations. Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. It feels like you're living back in different times. In World War II or something. Um, they, they did not have one at, at Termini. Um, but in um, Florence, they have a checkpoint, and in Bologna, they just have roving groups of police checking your documents. So I was prepared to say that that's what I was doing, and ultimately I will be doing that. So I came to Rome, though, because I'm waiting to see if the zones change and Umbria becomes less restrictive. So being in Rome makes me more nimble. I can go to Umbria if I need to, or I can get a flight back to the States if I need to. Yeah, and Rome is still yellow zone. Rome is still yellow, and Rome is Rome. I mean, what can you say? It's just, the churches are still open, which are like museums. Um, I'm seeing fabulous artwork. Tiffany took me on a wonderful Caravaggio tour today. She is a mountain of knowledge. I'm not sure how she packs it all in there. So Rome is wonderful. I mean, I could stay here. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I actually, before we started taping, I, I said, don't go to Umbria, stay in Rome. There's so much more to do here. But of course, I'm biased. I mean, I could stay here happily. I mean, look at my options. I'm very fortunate. I, not, I could stay here. I could go to Umbria. I could fly back to the States and see my family. So I'm very fortunate. I'm, and I'm trying to do it all very safely. I mean, I'm not dismissive of what's going on. Right. Yeah. Now, do you have a return flight or is it open-ended? I don't have a return flight at all. No way. You, you bought a one-way ticket. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to ask you. Is it really way more expensive to fly now or is it about the same or cheaper? Um, I thought it was a little cheaper, not much. But I had, again, you know, I had to, you are responsible for your transportation from the airport to your quarantine location. You're not allowed public transportation. What about a taxi? No. You're not really? A, no. So I had to, I flew into Milan and then I had private transportation take me to Bologna. That is nuts. That's a long way. That was two hours. And so even though my flight was a little less expensive, I had to pay for a private driver. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. If you're planning on coming to Italy, stay in a big city for your quarantine. And you have to put that all on your declaration form as you enter the, the country who your driving company is, oh where you will quarantine. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, so that's kind of the, the negative side. But the positive side is you are seeing a Rome that even Romans have never seen. You know, I've been going to, we're at the Spanish Steps currently. I went to the Trevi Fountain the other day. I mean, these are places, last time I was in Rome, I would absolutely avoid because of the crowds. And I'm going to all these places that I would just veer away from. It's really remarkable and it's lovely. It's beautiful. It really is, because it's like you're in a village and the, the amount of people that would be in a village except it's Rome. Yeah. The last thing I want to ask you before we go is, uh, when you were last on this show, you and Katie went to see a medium in San Francisco. That's correct, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm sure we're all dying to hear all of us who have listened to that episode. Did anything that that medium say to you come true? 
You know, I went and looked back or listened to it again. One thing he said was, in a year and a half time, things will really change for you. And that is right now, this moment in time. He said that, but then he said a lot of other things that didn't make sense. In his defense, if there is one, he is a medium, so he specializes in talking with the other side, not predicting the future. But I mean, I did joke with Katie and say, geez, do you think he could have told us about the virus? I mean, that would have been helpful information. <laughs> now, did, did he talk anything about quitting your job and or going to Italy? No, he didn't. And in fact, I was really disappointed when he said a year and a half because I wanted like something to happen immediately. But it turned out a year and a half is exactly when I got here. That's interesting. He was pretty right on about the timing, at least. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lynn. And thank you for spending this morning with me. I've had such a great time. And I hope you'll come back again. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. This has been your midweek bittersweet moment. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Thanks to Clyde Hill Publishing for supporting this program. Find inspiring and thought-provoking nonfiction with a focus on founders, innovators, thinkers, and tinkerers at ClydeHillPublishing.com or Clyde Hill Pub on Twitter.